Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. Good morning, beautiful people. Marie Alessi here. I had uh, these two topics on my heart uh, over the entire weekend. I've I've just spent a weekend with amazing, amazing entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, we got together to inspire each other, to support each other, to brainstorm in terms of growth. How can we reach more people? How can we help more people? And uh, one thing that popped into my mind um, that came up for discussion quite often are two topics in terms of the topic of grief. I would actually rather call them two myths that um, I come across over and over again. So I decided to take this as an opportunity and share a little bit about them in my meaningful mindset because um, how beautiful is it when you actually start to shift your perspective around those two myths or um, maybe let's call it a little myth buster session on Monday morning. So one of them is the five stages of grief or however many stages of grief. So many people ask me that. Did that apply to you? How did you deal with them? And my answer is always they don't apply to anyone because there are no stages of grief like people like to label it. Here's the thing. The lady who came up with those stages, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, is absolutely renowned in the area of healing, of grief, of trauma. Uh, so most people would have at least heard of her, if not at least read one or two books of Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And here's the thing, those stages of grief were never meant to be, were originally not stages of grief. They were stages of terminally ill people. I want you to think about that. When you think about anger, denial, bargaining, when you work through those stages that are labeled the stages of grief, doesn't it make so much more sense once you realize they were actually stages of terminally ill people? I never felt any anger when Rob passed. I never felt any bargaining or denial. It certainly felt surreal at times. I can definitely say that. But... Uh, yeah, I want you to just sit with that and really think about those stages of grief when you think about um, how they would apply to terminally ill people. It makes a lot more sense. So my biggest thing is that I believe we need to stop labeling who we are, how we should act, where we should be, how we should grieve, how we should heal, if we should heal, if we ever heal. If we stop labeling ourselves and putting expectations on our own healing journey, where we should be and how we need to act and really just come back to our hearts and learn to listen to our heart again, I know for a fact that we will all be better off doing that. And if you don't know how, please, please, please send me a message. I'd be more than happy to have a chat to you and guide you there. So this is my first myth that I wanted to talk about. Please Google it, have a look into it, be a bit more diligent with your research when it comes to that. Don't just let people tell you what the stages of grief are and how they need to or should apply to you. They don't. 
So, the second myth, which is probably even bigger one for me, is the myth or the idea that the more you loved a person, the more you will grieve. The deeper the love for one person, the deeper your grief. I do not agree with that. I do not agree that our pain, our suffering needs to be an equivalent for the love that we have felt for that person. Healing is a choice. I want you to let that sink in. Healing is a choice. Happiness is a choice. When I think about my situation, Rob and I often had talks about, not often, but you know, it came up in conversation, what would happen if? If something was to happen to me or Rob, how would we deal with it? What would we do? And we both always said to each other, I want you to take the boys and create the happiest life possible. And that's how simple it was for us. Love wants you to be happy. Love doesn't want you to suffer. Love doesn't want you to prove how deep your love is by suffering and by showing more grief and by um, by choosing that path down into absolute nightmare and hell and like really the pain that we feel when a person passes is intense enough. It is our choice whether we want to stay there or whether we want to shift our focus. And that is nothing that happens overnight, but the decision can happen right now, right here, in the, in the very moment, you watching me talking about this, this is where the decision can happen. I want to choose happiness. I want to choose joy. And why would I do that? Because this is how I honor Rob. This is how I honor my late husband. I have a life. Life is a gift. I understand that we don't always feel like that in every single moment of our lives. I get that. Life comes with ups and downs. And an adversity like my husband dying is certainly not one of the up ones in my life. I agree with that. Yet how I respond to it is my choice. And Rob was the one who taught me about the concept of choices. We have a choice every single day, every single moment. Do I tap into the down feeling, the sadness, the my heart is falling apart? Or do I tap into hope, into decision making, into happiness, into joy, into watching something that lights me up, into turning on a song in the morning that gets me up to dance? We have choices every single day, every single moment. Healing is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Love is a choice. It's a choice of focus. Where do I want my focus to be? I do not need to portray sitting in pain, in suffering, in hurt and talking about all the sadness and the hurt side of my grief. I choose happiness because this is how I honor Rob. I choose happiness for the boys because this is how I want them to live their life. I am well aware that I am now their only role model. They don't have a dad anymore in their life, so I am their main role model in their life right now, where they're at right now. I understand they've got a beautiful circle of friends. They've got teachers. There are role models all around them, but when it comes to parenting, I'm it. 
So I need to be very mindful of who I am, who I choose to be, who I choose to show up as every single day to inspire them, not to drag them down with me, not to show them how to fall apart. I want them to understand that it is okay to show emotions and it is okay to be sad, but it is also okay to step up again, to stand up and to to rise from that and to move forward and choose your focus to be on happiness. Make choices that enhance your life and brighten your smile and not drag you down. So these are my two myths for today that I wanted to talk about. The five stages of grief are actually five stages of terminally ill people. And the portraying the amount of love that you had for one person with the amount of grief and that it has to match that. The deeper you loved, the deeper you grieve. I don't agree with that. The deeper I loved the deeper I dig to find that strength within me to choose to live my life happily because he cannot do that anymore. And I'd be damned to not stand up for Rob and say, I'm going to do that for you, babe. I'm going to do it for you and for me and for the boys because this is what we have chosen. This was our choice together to create the happiest life possible for our boys. And I will be doing this whether you're here with me or not. Because that's a promise we made to each other. And this is how I choose to honor Rob, by keeping that promise. I pretty much hope that this was helpful for you. And if so, I'd really, really encourage you to share this with anybody you feel that can take benefit from this, that really needs to hear that message right now. I'm sending you a whole lot of love straight from my heart to yours. This is Marie signing off. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss, please visit mariealessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.